Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. You know, it's hard to believe this is our final podcast of 2019. Wow, where's the year gone, right? So with that, we're going to look back at one of my personal highlights from 2019, and that's when we took the show on the road to Los Angeles and Southern California. So we're going to play a couple of interviews we had when we were there. One was with the general manager of the Garland Hotel where we stayed in Los Angeles, and the other was with Danny Burke with Walking Tours LA. He was our tour guide on a wonderful walking tour of Venice Beach that we took So we'll play those for you a little later on. But to begin the podcast, we're going to review some of the top travel stories of 2019. To help us do that, we've invited Wendy Parody. She is the president of ACTA, the Association of Canadian Travel Agencies. Their website is acta.ca. Hi, Wendy. Hello. So let's uh, do a little year-end review here. I'm from a uh, travel agency's point of view. Uh, What kind of year was 2019? Good, bad, in the middle? Uh, Well, I think that uh, overall the travel industry has had a great year in Canada and, in fact, worldwide. Uh, So tourism around the world has continued to outpace the global economy by at least 5%. Um, As far as travel goes, we've had our ninth year of consecutive uh, sustained growth. Um, Leisure travel, um, so vacation travel, is definitely um, leading the way in that uh, research has showed or our data has showed that about 56% of all transactions are uh, leisure-oriented. And um, I think that uh, the other thing that we're seeing is that uh, with two groups in particular, so that would be the boomers and then way at the other end of the spectrum, young millennials, Mm -hmm. um, that they're really leading the way as far as what I would call more um, exploratory, authentic uh, uh, travel experiences. Mm -hmm. So all in all, although... um, we certainly have had our uh, challenges that um, 2019 has been um, a really significant and positive year. Good. Well, there was a few stories that ca- came to mind over the past year. Uh, let's start with, uh, well, this one, I don't know if it came up on your list, but Hurricane Dorian. Uh, and from a travel agency point of view, for those who book with travel agents, uh, certainly they seem to shine when, when, whenever there's a disaster or something like that happens, don't they? Absolutely. So I think that uh, certainly a key benefit of working with um, a travel agent, um, along with all of their experience and expertise at the beginning of your trip on where to go, that um, if things um, go awry, that uh, definitely they are your best resort um, when it comes to uh, solving problems and um, getting you on your way. So uh, like this past year um, and hurricanes before, that typically what happens in a travel agency is that we are uh, pulling files, we know where our passengers are, and uh, we are proactively reaching out to them to assist them. Um, Often, um, if you're dealing direct with, let's say, an airline or a tour operator, their lines are jammed for hours, and there was one saying that I had um, that uh, where we had a situation with hurricanes uh, during March, uh, sorry, uh, uh, disruption uh, around March break, was that um, 
your travel agent has got you, go back, enjoy your margarita at the uh, at the pool. That we are doing everything possible to get you, uh, get you on your way as soon as possible. No mm-hmm. need to wait on hold for hours and hours and hours. Um, we got this. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing is is that because um, our professional travel agents they're working day in and day out, and so they certainly um, are knowing and are up to date as much as possible um, on what is going on and what are the best um, solutions to some of these problems that we have, because we certainly can control a lot of things, but we can't um, control uh, certainly weather and then things beyond uh, whether it's uh, political issues, erupting volcanoes, hurricanes, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. But uh, definitely... um, that uh, you are quite correct that uh, when there are challenges, that um, our professional travel agents uh, really are, are in the know. Okay, now a couple other stories. The 737 MAX grounding, how did that have an effect with uh, travel agents in, in your industry? Uh, <clears throat> certainly the uh, MAX 8 issue was a significant uh, challenge. Um, it was actually a significant worldwide challenge. And um, again, that uh, when the aircraft uh, was grounded, that there were some immediate um, challenges, um, particularly affecting uh, travel that was going to be happening in the next, you know, two weeks, months, um, et cetera, because uh, the industry had to work very hard in um, uh, because there was less aircraft available um, to reschedule passengers, certainly, at, particularly at the beginning, that um, some passengers were uh, delayed, uh, but um, honestly, I thought that the uh, the airlines worked very well after that very short time to look forward and be making adjustments um, in advance. Uh, so certainly, um, the uh, spring um, and going into summer was uh, a real challenge, um, less um, schedule or less number of uh, flights available. And uh, going into this winter season, which is really important for us Canadians, um, who of course live in the north, that um, that it is important that travelers um, uh, book early uh, because the the capacity is not at 100 percent yet. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, this seems to be an ongoing story as well as 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 well as the 737. So that'll continue into 2020. Another story that just popped up was the air passenger rights because the second phase just came into effect the first phase over the summer and I guess we'll see the fallout of that uh, as it sort of evolves uh, into the new year right yep and I think that uh, we are not the first country in the world to introduce an air passenger bill of rights Um, so certainly in uh, the United States they've had um, a bill of rights for quite a number of years and of course they have in Europe as well um, all of the Canadian airlines um, have been working in those jurisdictions as well. So I think that um, that this, the uh, an air passenger bill of rights is uh, isn't really new um, to the industry. Um, it's just really implementing it and making sure we have time to implement it and uh, what we do makes sense um, from a Canadian perspective. So I anticipate there will definitely be growing pains um, around that. Um, but it's not. We are not the first country to introduce um, these sorts of uh, standards. So now, looking ahead into your crystal ball, what do you see for 2020? I'm going to put you in the spot here. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I think that um, it is anticipated that um, uh, travel and uh, Canadian travel is going to once again uh, increase in 2020. Uh, the research shows that leading the way um, will be, again, the young millennials. So those who are working full time, who've got uh, quality jobs and don't have the uh, responsibility or expense of houses and um, young families um, and that sort of thing. So they certainly are um, booking, they're advanced booking with their uh, travel agents. And again, um, doing some of that really more, um, let's say, exotic or um, ex exciting travels to um, uh, new countries and uh, lands unknown, let's say. Um, again, more and more uh, baby boomers over the next few years will be retiring. So, of course, their um, children have launched. Um, they have more time. They are retiring. And uh, they are also, they're actually expected to be the largest travel group and increase um, in travel for uh, 2020. Uh, I think that as far as where people are going um, from a Canadian um, just from a Canadian traveler uh, situation that um, the tried and true um, value destinations in the south um, will continue uh, to dominate um, and then we're seeing more and more interest for Central America so you've got Costa Rica and uh, Belize um, and then with the um, boomers that they are going to um, uh, off the beaten track in the Caribbean and then other um, destinations, whether they're warm or just of interest um, around the world. So we actually are expecting um, quite a strong uh, 2020 when it comes to Canadian travelers. The number one destination um, for Canadian travelers is actually Canada um, and second, uh, United States. Um, so that we don't anticipate to change, um, but um, we are seeing new destinations um, being um, becoming more popular uh, from a Canadian traveler, and we'll see that continue. Exciting times ahead, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for your input. Uh, Wendy Parody is the president of ACTA, the Association of Canadian Travel Agencies. Uh, their website is acta.ca. Appreciate your input, Wendy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. Well, as we mentioned at the start, one of the highlights of 2019 for me was a trip my family took to Southern California. Spent a few days in Anaheim and then a couple of days in Los Angeles. And the place we stayed at while in L.A. was the Garland Hotel. It's a great place to stay with all the amenities you need, plus your only minutes from Universal Studios and other attractions. And that's where I got to meet up with Scott Mills. He's the general manager of the Garland Hotel and here's how that conversation went. Thanks for doing this, Scott. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here. Well, it's a it's a beautiful uh, resort hotel. I don't, is it's kind of in the in between. Absolutely. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. We're actually uh, very unique for Los Angeles, having seven acres right in the middle of the city. Uh, it's very rare, and especially to dedicate uh, that much land to. Uh, 
250 rooms yeah. and, and uh, some 20,000 square feet of meeting space. So we really give you a great LA vibe, California vibe, uh, that indoor-outdoor flow. And um, we, we call it an urban oasis. So you really, uh, when you drive in the driveway, you kind of forget that you're in the middle of LA and the chaos and the traffic, and, and you have a nice little reprieve and, while you're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you, but you're very accessible to what LA has to offer, which is nice and really uh, gives you a, an opportunity to uh, to have access to you know Santa Monica or Universal Studios, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, downtown Dodger Stadium, a lot of shopping, and, and of course Hollywood and all that has to offer with the um, Dolby Theater where the Oscars are and some other things. So, uh, pretty central location, but definitely uh, unique for for having seven acres uh, for our property. So that's where you get that resort feel, and of course, um, all the programming here really lends itself nicely to to guests that want to get away and try something different. Uh, we have uh, arts and crafts, uh, macrame, some of the old school things like that that, that we see uh, all gener- three generations at times yeah. doing, which is pretty cool. Uh, then we, you know, we have our normal yoga and things like that, and, and other programming that really uh, lends itself to resort. But then we also have other things like we do an urban walk, where um, you know, you know, you're not mm-hmm. um, walking down downtown city streets, but you're walking in the local residential area, which is pretty cool, and yeah. and definitely um, all a lot of different architecture, a lot of history in Studio City, and uh, including the Brady Bunch house which is a big big draw for that that uh, activity that we do mm-hmm. and those are all complimentary um, and then we do other ones like face painting actually tonight there's face painting yeah. um, we have a Bacanora tasting Bacanora is a like a it's a cousin of the tequila so it's up and coming again it used to be around and the, the government and prohibition kind of squashed it and then tequila was born yeah. uh, and now Bacanor we're one of the first places to have that and feature and we have a, a special tasting every Wednesday so we're trying to do a lot of fun things and u- unique things yeah. that you don't find anywhere mm-hmm. you know you, we're more you know, trying to be more uh a little more special, little you know, unique surprises yeah. and nice little touches here and there where we can, but still offer a, a great, a great venue or a great place for uh, families mm-hmm. as well as couples and business travelers to kind of commingle. Yeah. and everyone has their own little space, uh, and, and but it offers a lot of things that are value added, and uh, and also of course we're not. Um, we're not Beverly Hills prices, so we try to try to keep it very reasonable and just we want to have fun here. That's the yeah. main thing. Well, that's the atmosphere you, you get when you first check in. There's lots of fun. There's lots of things going on. And it's funny you mentioned uh, kind of you don't realize you're in such a huge city once you check in. It's like, wow, you're surrounded by all this greenery. And it's like you're in the middle of a forest somewhere. And you're right. You do get that feel. It's an oasis in the middle of the, all this huge metropolis. But yet you're so close to all the amenities. Yeah, absolutely, um, and that, that's that's a draw, and, and def- people are amazed. We've been here almost 50 years, yeah. and the, the hotel, uh, we, we relaunched it four years ago as the garland of what you see today, so it does have some some fun history yeah. and was more of a, a more value-oriented hotel back then. It was a Howard Johnson when it opened almost 50 years ago, and you can think shag carpet and waterbeds, <laughs> uh, not the best thing for the, the housekeepers use rakes, uh, so that didn't last too long. That was the bad part of the 70s. Uh, uh, but then uh, it transitioned into a Holiday Inn for 20 years. Had a great run with with uh, that brand, and as as we um, um, saw the the need for uh, 
for more boutique or uh, an offering for the community and for visitors alike and the and you know like the west side of the west hollywoods and mm -hmm. santa monica's uh, nothing like this really existed in this area so uh the ownership who are still the, the same owners second generation of, that built the hotel yep. um had this vision uh and i joined up and partnered with them to uh to make this uh, dream a reality and mm -hmm. it's, it's exceeded all our expectations it's been really really a fun ride and um, we're really happy with it, and we, but we don't take it for granted. We're very much community yeah. partners, and yeah. uh, we, we like to treat all guests, uh, whether they're uh, staying here or whether you're coming in for a meal or a function from you know down the street. Uh, you, everyone's equally as important, and everyone's a VIP, and we really want to convey that message to everyone. And. And, uh, and have fun with it, and, and, but celebrate the history. Beverly Garland was a, an actress, yeah, okay. uh, so she was on My Three Sons, and uh, that was one of her biggest roles on TV, but she was the mother that married Fred McMurray. Uh, she also uh, was in seven other uh, TV series, um, Lois and Clark, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, um, as a regular, yeah. did a ton of movies, so like over 800 appearances on television and, and in movies, um, tons of tons of uh, <laughs> things. And, and it's a very familiar face. If you saw her, you'd be like, "Oh, that's her." Mm -hmm. um, we even have a movie theater here named after her. So we have a, the hotel has a movie theater, another thing that's kind of unique for us uh, in the area. Um, and we, we show movies and we do private screenings, of course. We also have some nights where we do a dinner and a movie in our restaurant called The Front Yard, very much a, yeah. a neighborhood hotspot, um, everyday dining type of place. And uh, people have, you know, families or, or couples will have dinner there and then go watch a movie after in our theater. So mm -hmm. um, that whole Hollywood history thing really ties in well with, with our um, location in Los Angeles next to all the studios. Yeah. They're all here. Uh, Warner Brothers, Universal, uh, NBC, ABC, Disney, CBS, they're all within a couple miles, if not less than a couple miles. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, very centrally located and, and celebrating his, the historic uh, side of Los Angeles and, and of Hollywood, but also yeah. uh, in today's world and trying to have today's features and keeping up with the times and, and being fresh. Um, so like I mentioned, four years in, uh, but 48 years old, uh, <laughs> it's a nice thing. Everyone needs a facelift once in a while here in Los Angeles. Well, I think that's, uh, I mentioned that uh, a lot of times when I talk to hotel people, is it's this constant evolution. If you don't keep up with the times, then uh, you're going to be left behind. But uh, you were talking about movies. One of the cool things uh, that I noticed here is you have movie nights by the pool, and you have a very nice pool, by the way. Yes, um, thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't get to enjoy it much, but <laughs> I'd love to. Uh, but everyone else does. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's a great amenity for the hotel guests. And uh, we, we reserve it for only hotel guests that are registered here in the hotel so it's not one of those nasty uh pool parties yeah, or maybe yeah. some people like that a lot don't um so we don't have that kind of la scene at the pool our scene is more of a relaxed vibe great food great drinks um space enough for uh kind of everyone to enjoy it so mm -hmm. we have a, a family hot tub we have an adults only a 21 and over hot tub to give everyone that, that wants to be yeah. in that world a, a space yeah. uh, and then a lot of chase lounges and so forth um, but the pool's great, and then dive-in movies, we do those nightly uh, after sunset uh, during the summer, and the rest of the year we do them on Friday, Saturdays. Uh, it's a great, another great amenity, to, it's uh, complimentary included, and it's really a, a cool thing. We'll have couples out there that are kind of snuggled up under a towel and <laughs> enjoying drinks, watching a, a movie, of maybe uh, something from their past, or from a, just to remind them of when they were kids. Yeah. Um, or we also have uh, uh, families come in, and the kids will be basically 
babysat by the movie and be hanging out <laughs> in the pool and everyone's occupied with that and then and mom and dad can be uh, at the table next door keep an eye on them but also enjoying a glass of wine and a meal mm. uh, from the front yard and uh, really uh, everyone's happy for that hour and a half two hour time frame yeah and then all all chaos breaks loose <laughs> after that of course exactly. uh, but it's a great place to come it's an oasis after after a busy day in LA whether it's at work or whether it's uh, mm. at play or at Universal Studios coming back here um, enjoying the pool it's pretty warm at night uh, the water's warm the movie's on it's just a fun scene and just mm-hmm. very very a great activity just to end the day with yeah. um, and nice big beautiful fireplace out there too that adds to the ambiance so yeah. the pool's uh, one of the favorite spots here at the hotel for sure we have about 30 seconds anything you want to add uh, just come visit us at the Garland in the front yard. We're uh, we're here to take care of you. We've been Condé Nast uh, mm-hmm. Reader's Choice Awards four years in a row, top ten in Los Angeles, which is pretty significant, and we're very proud of that. And also the front yard, our restaurants, the uh, best brunch spot, best outdoor dining. So uh, a lot of great things here, and uh, we look forward to, to welcoming you one day soon. Perfect. Scott Mills, he's the general manager of the Garland Hotel. It's a beautiful resort. you got to come visit it when you're in L.A. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, as we look back at 2019, one of the highlights for me, as I mentioned, was when we took the show on the road to Southern California. And one of the real treats when we were in Los Angeles was to spend a day doing a walking tour of Venice Beach with Walking Tours LA. And our tour guide on that day was Danny Burke. He was a wealth of knowledge, and I learned so much from him. Also got the chance to chat with him afterwards, and here's that conversation. Yeah, hello. I'm with Walking Tours LA. My name is Danny Burke. Uh, Our company does tours with uh, Venice, Venice Canals, Santa Monica, Santa Monica Beach, Santa Monica Promenade. We also do Hollywood, Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood Thrift, and Beverly Hills. Well, it covers a lot of walking areas. (laughs) How long have you been doing this? This is is my second year. I've been a teacher this is more or less a retirement job. Hmm. So you, you seem to enjoy uh, everything you do uh, when, it, when it comes to doing a walking tour. We just finished doing uh, the walking tour of Venice, and I learned so much. I don't know how we're going to possibly get uh, the 90-minute walking tour, all the information we learned in 10 minutes, but we'll do our best. Uh, tell me a little bit about Venice Beach. All right, first of all, I want to say that you cannot learn about a city from car windows. You have to walk it, you have to walk on the city to get the vibe of it, see it, feel it, and experience it. And that's exactly what we did, so expand on that. (laughs) Well, we walked about two miles today, and we covered Venice. We covered the Venice canals primarily, and we talked about the culture of Venice. We talked about the history of it. We talked about its progression, its rise and fall, and its future. So now, give me a bit of a history lesson, if you can. <laughs> I know it's tough to do with, about Venice and who started it. And, and really, the, the name, from what I understand, Venice, obviously is copying Venice in Italy. Venice was the, Venice was the inspiration of Abbot Kenny. He was born in, he's born in 1850, and his idea was to recreate the Venice of Italy into Venice of America. Mm-hmm. He's, in, so 1905, he... He's actually able to, do, able to do that, and he created, in one small town, recreated Venice. He, but not only that, he wanted a family-friendly place for children, 
And so he also created an amusement park. But his idea was not just to recreate Venice, but he wanted to introduce to people in the world or in, in the California area the, uh, the Renaissance feel. So he tried to recreate the music, the art, the culture of Venice to let people know here in America what it was like to be a Venetian. So now when people think of Venice, they think of the canals and uh, especially, well, the canals. They had the canals too. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's amazing how it was just recreated. They had the canals, they had everything. Yeah, what a lot of people don't know is Venice has a set of canals now. But the idea of Venice was the, their traditional walking city. They were ahead of their time. All throughout the city, there were canals. The way you could get home was to take a gondolier ride, you could rent a rowboat, you could walk or you take a miniature train around the park, which was a good price, a dollar a week. <laughs> But it's certainly not like that now. Uh, now, we, of course, uh, the the advent of the automobile was sort of the turn of uh, what happened with Venice Beach area, right? Yes. By 1925, when automobiles were cheap enough where most people could buy them, there was a real push towards creating roads into, uh, into Venice. So a, a lot of people, before that, people had to come rely on the red trolley cars to get there. And at that point, that convenience, it, it changed. The pe people changed. Who wanted to be in their car now. And Venice had no roads, and it had no parking. It still has no parking, but it does have roads. So the idea was to... <clears throat> the idea and the, the decline of Venice some of it was started with the automobile. And today, of course, people know Venice Beach for the Muscle Beach area and uh, those types of attractions. There's all kinds of things for people to see and do uh, in Venice Beach today, right? Yes. When L.A. annexed Venice in the 1920s, they didn't think the idea of amusement park was the way to go. They wanted to build a recreational facility in Venice. The Venice Community Project is what it was called. It was built in 1950 to allow more access to the beach by the bike paths through through exercise, through swimming, and uh, through all the activities they have they had today, and including a parking. So they expanded the parking lot and developed a recreational facility that's still in use today. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, obviously it's the beach itself is the, is the big attraction. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing beach and it yeah. stretches for miles, but it's, it's like 50 yards out. <laughs> yes. What happened in 1946 when the Venice Pier was destroyed, uh, L.A. went to the trouble of expanding the beach. And expanding the beach was, they felt that was the, the way of the future, was getting away from the pleasure piers and developing a beach community. So the beach, sand was brought in, and jetties were put up to protect the sand. And the sand is now about 50 yards. And was also placed in a way that... The sandbars where the, where the waves would become very gentle. And it's a great place, it's a great beach today for surfing or for children mm -hmm. or for walking with mm -hmm. plenty of parking. Mm -hmm. And of course there's restaurants along the way and all kinds of uh, shops. And I think the, one of the fun things to do is just people watch. There's so many different characters down there, right? Yeah, yeah Venice is a, a city of characters. 
In fact, it prides themselves on being colorful and full of char characters. So you can be a, a billionaire or a bum, and you'll, and you, and you'll get, get along at Venice. <laughs> uh, and many celebrities uh, are known to uh, go through uh, Venice Beach in, in, in the past. Uh, you mentioned during our tour uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was one, Jim Morrison. Yes. Yeah, Arnold actually put Venice Beach, Muscle Beach, on the map when he came out here in 1968. And at, at that point, bodybuilding was not real popular, but it was popularized closely after that, in the, 19, in the 1970s. And then Mus Muscle Beach was ahead of the, head of the road on, many, on something like that. Mm -hmm. They also, uh, Venice was also the first town to actually have paid lifeguards. That before that, it wasn't done. <laughs> so, <laughs> much to the chagrin of people that <laughs> were out in the water. Uh, it's it's obviously getting into tourism season. It gets busier and busier. Uh, if if you're coming and planning a trip here, obviously you want to take a walking tour because yes. you learn so much. Right. Yeah. And the the point about taking a walking tour is you have opportunity to see, and once you have the opportunity to see something, then it's ingrained in your mind and you can deliberate, deliberate it and ask questions about it, ponder it, and, and create in your own mind what's happened, what's happened in the past. So. Well, yeah, what, thing, what amazed me, uh, not, a, not only in the area, the beach area, but you go back into the neighborhoods and see some of the beautiful homes that are uh, back onto the, what's left of the canals now. Yes, canal homes now are probably in their third generation. Uh, originally, around 19, 1905 to 1925, you had just basic small one-room shacks. By the 40s or 50s, you had small uh, one-room cottages, one or two-room cottages. But now, the third generation is most everything's being knocked down, and they're creating these three-story, multi-modern dwellings that have they could show a lot of glass where you have access to the water with skylines, and patios to access to have free access to the water. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a, it's a beautiful area. It's a lot of fun. I learned so much. So if you're uh, in Los Angeles, you uh, it's really is a must. It's it's a great way to learn the history of the area, not only about Venice Beach, but some of the other tours that uh, Walking Tours LA does. Their website is walkingtoursla.com. Uh, Danny Burke was our tour guide. It was a fantastic tour, Danny. I learned so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.